Hare Krishna. So, um, that was not part of the plan. Okay. So, uh, welcome to our Sunday Bhagavatam class. Uh, we are going to be starting today with um, First Canto, Chapter 5, Text 15, which I'm going to go to right now. Let's see, one more click. So, <clears throat> Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So, uh, uh, 1515 is Jugupsitam <clears throat> Jadvakyato dharma iti taraksthito namanyate tasya nivaranam janaha. So, uh, all glories to Prabhupada. We'll read Prabhupada's translation first. The people in general are naturally inclined to enjoy, and you have encouraged them in that way, in the name of religion. This is verily condemned uh, and is quite unreasonable. Because they are guided under your instructions, the people will accept such activities in the name of religion and will hardly care for prohibitions. So, um, then Prabhupada says, Srila Vyastev's compilation of different Vedic literatures on the basis of regulated performance of fruitive activities as depicted in the Mahabharata and other literature is condemned herewith by Srila Narada. So let's look at this verse uh, closely. It's actually a very heavy verse. Uh, Narada, the spiritual master of Yasa, the first thing he tells him, the first word he says is jugupsitam, which means horrible or abominable. So this is, this is uh, some tough love. Jugupsitam, so what is horrible? What is Narada describing here as terrible? Dharma krite, for the sake of dharma. Uh, uh, for the sake of promoting dharma, virtue, because just like nowadays, we live in a very degraded world. And so sometimes devotees just try to get people to accept the basic principles of, of, of human life, moral principles, virtues, and so on. <laughs> So uh, even back then, 5,000 years ago, there were actually a lot of asuras in the world. And uh, turn off the heater, just switch it off. And so Vyasa was thinking, as we often think, that we, well, if we can just get people to uh, act virtuously, like sometimes devotees promote vegetarianism or veganism, and uh, or devotees may promote marriage, you know, rather than just be sexually promiscuous, you know, marriage and all those things. There's all kinds of, you could say, uh, moral principles. Even Prabhupada talked about these things. So, uh, so Vyasa, Anushasata, he, he taught uh, for the sake of Dharma, for the sake of establishing Dharma, he taught something which Narada here calls terrible. I mean, it's not that activities in the mode of goodness 
are terrible, but the idea is that teaching that or only teaching that or teaching that is the real point is what is terrible. So Narada says, Subhava Raktasya Mahan Vyatikrama. You've taught this. He said it's a great literally transgression. Vyatikrama. There's a great transgression. Uh, a great Mahan Vyatikrama, great transgression, because you've taught this to people who are Subhava Raktasya. So, uh, rakta means attached. Attached, rakta. And Subhava to their Conditioned nature, swabhava, uh, literally mean uh, one state of being. But in in the in you could say the Vaishnava jargon, even in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna uses the word repeatedly swabhava to mean one's conditioned nature, such as in chapter eight, chapter eighteen, when swabhava refers to, for example, one's varna propensities that one is by nature a Brahman, Kshatriya, Vaishya, Sudra. Those are clearly bodily. Propensities, and so that's what the word subhava means. So rakta, attached to those who are really attached to their uh, bodily identity, their bodily nature. Uh, and so because you're trying to teach them, you did something which is really bad. And so what was really bad? Yadvakyataha, by your teaching, by your statements, by your declarations, uh, dharma iti itarasita, uh, fallen people, itara in Sanskrit can mean the opposite of whatever comes before, but anyway, I won't go into the Sanskrit grammar here, but itara here also in Sanskrit means a really low person, not just in terms of varna, but just in terms of character, nature, people who really have a fallen nature. So those people, uh, stita are firmly situated. They're going to stick to what you said, because you said that all these material activities or varnashram activities that have no relationship to Krishna, all uh, these activities, this is dharma. This is dharma. This is the right way. This is the eternal law. This is what you're supposed to do. And they're going to say that uh, because of what you taught. <clears throat> And and these people will not even consider giving up these things because, as they say, you cannot unring a bell. And so once you've given people something, then if you try to take it away, it's worse than if you never gave it to them. So nivarana uh, means uh, stopping something. So they won't consider stopping uh the so-called dharma. So here we see very clearly that uh, bridge programs are a double-edged sword. I think that's the real point here. Bridge programs are a double-edged sword. Sometimes they make people devotees. And I mean, by bridge program, I mean you begin by presenting Krishna consciousness as something much easier, not exactly spiritual life, maybe yoga, or astrology, or Vastu, my personal favorite, <clears throat> just kidding, or, uh, you know, all kinds of things, or simply, sub, you know, just lower principles, such as moral principles, uh, vegetarianism, veganism, all that stuff. And so the point here is it's a double-edged sword, because on the one hand, it attracts more people, on the other hand, once you've taught this, this is the point, 
most people will say, I think I'll just stop here. And they will say, you know, that they'll believe they're already doing the right thing. There's no need to do more. And that, so to present Krishna consciousness as, well, the real point is yoga. The real point is to be a vegan. The real point is this and that. And then if you're interested, there's also Krishna. And then most people will decide, well, maybe I'll just stay with this easier stuff. And uh, so that's a problem. That's a problem, sort of reinforcing people's idea that quote unquote spirituality really consists of certain uh, material, certain kinds of material virtue. So it's a double-edged sword. Of course, some people become devotees, most do not. And the ones that don't may simply be hardened in their conviction. There's no need to become Krishna conscious. So this is a very relevant uh, topic, actually, this particular verse. And this is Vyasa, who's, a, who's an avatar. So the next verse says, Vichakshano asyarhati veditum vibor anantaparasya nibrittita sukham pravartamanasya gunair anatmanas tato bhavan darsaya cheshtitam vibor. So this means that Vichakshana, as Prabhupada translates, very expert. Vichakshana, literally those who can see in sort of in a broad way. Those who are broad-minded, those who can see clearly. They deserve to know the happiness of the Lord, the happiness of the Almighty, Vibhor, who is an antaparasya, who has no limit, who's completely, the Lord who's completely unlimited, and therefore, of course, the happiness of Krishna consciousness is unlimited. And they deserve to know about, they deserve to know the happiness. This is very interesting, to know the happiness. They deserve to know the happiness of the infinite, the unlimited almighty Lord. And they, and they deserve to know this, or they ought to know this, they should know this, by giving up material life. Vritti of course, is to act, function. We could talk for hours just about this Sanskrit word, but then, of course, uh, some of you may want your money back. So, nivriti means pulling back from uh, the material world, material life, pulling back from it. And prabriti means plunging into it, going into material life. So, a, a wise person, someone who, who, is, who can really see things as they are, uh, deserves to, ought to know the happiness of the unlimited, the infinite almighty Lord by withdrawing from the material world. And pravartamanasya, this is the opposite. You have nibrati, and here you have the opposite, pravartamanasya. I mean, nibrati is just a, uh, well... It's a noun in the ablative case, since you really want to know. And pravartamanasi, of course, is a uh, genitive uh, present participle. But still, they're, they're, they're these same words, nibriti and prabriti. So nibriti taksukam pravartamanasya, of one who is literally kind of diving into the material world, gunair, uh, with the modes of nature, and therefore is anatmanas, has lost his soul. Not forever, but for now, definitely. 
someone who has just completely lost track of, lost touch with his own soul. Someone said, well, if we are the soul, how can we say my soul or your soul? Uh, in the same way, you can. there's an English word, myself. <laughs> like I've forgotten myself. And so the fact that we use that possessive pronoun, my or his, doesn't mean you are not that thing because you can say I've forgotten myself, but you obviously you're, you are yourself. That's what the word means. So here for one who has lost their, their self, one who has lost his or her own self, lost the soul, uh, even though you are the soul, but you've completely lost touch with who you really are. And, and the reason someone has lost touch with who they really are is because they are uh, busily engaged trying to enjoy the material world according to the modes of nature. As I've often said, everyone has their little inner gunometer in the sense that, you know, inside of us, our, our body, our mind, our senses are all configured according to certain modes, gunas by our previous activities. And then it's like, I don't know if you ever saw those Terminator movies where there's a match, you know, the Terminator needs some clothes. And so uh, in this case, when there's a guna match, because you have your inner gunas, you have your little inner gunometer that's measuring the gunas of everything around you. And, and sometimes certain guna, gunas are eh, like, I don't like those gunas. So in your mind, you're thinking, I don't like that music. I don't like that food. I don't like this person. I don't want to live here. So what's really happening is it's just not a guna match. And then when you meet someone and, oh, that person is so much my type, as people say in this world, or I really like this place, I really like this music, even if it's reggae, I really like this music, or, or I like this art, or I like this food, it's because it's a guna match. So, uh, so one who is out there in the world trying to enjoy with the modes of nature and therefore has forgotten their real identity uh, for them to tell, therefore, Bhavan, you, again, the respectful form of you, which is interesting, Darshia, show. The word uh, Darshana means seeing and Darshia as the causative form means make them see. So, which in English you would say show. Therefore, show in the sense of make people see. Make people see, literally. Show people uh, the activities of the Almighty Lord. So this is, uh, you know, this is Prabhupada used to uh, often say this like, okay, let's get back to the basics. Let's, let, let's present straightforward Krishna consciousness, of course, in a diplomatic way, in a clever way, intelligent, but still you can attract people to all kinds of other things. And at the very end, they may say, well, I don't want to become a devotee of Krishna, which seems to happen with most of the people who come to the foot of the bridge, but don't actually cross the bridge of our bridge programs. So um, not to criticize the bridge programs, they do a lot of good, but ultimately the success of our movement depends on building our core as social science shows. So uh, the next verse is Chaktwasa Dharmam. Someone may say, well, 
I am well situated in the material world. I'm doing well. And if I just get into Krishna consciousness, that may disrupt my material life. And I don't feel I can go all the way in Krishna consciousness. I'm not going to, I'm not going to become a pure devotee in this lifetime. And therefore, why sabotage my material life? So that's the issue that Nard is addressing here. He says, giving up one's dharma, one's, one's dharma, which in this case means like your duty in the world, according to Varnashram, or according to Dharma the Kama Moksha, and bhajan, worshiping, uh, the word is actually not bhajan. If you say uh, bhajan, that actually means a container. So some devotees do containers. Uh, but actually the, the, the worship is bhajan. So bhajan. Uh, so giving up one's worldly duties and worshiping the lotus feet of Hari, a pakvota if one should fall down because of being immature. Uh, the Sanskrit verb pach means to cook, and pakwa means cooked. It's an irregular past participle, so cooked, pakwa. And um, it also comes to mean in Sanskrit mature, like something which is fructified, which is mature, uh, which has reached the right point. In other words, it's cooked. So, and then, uh, and so of course in modern, say in Bengali or other Indian language to say that something is very good, they'll say pakka. So that word you may have heard Prabhupada say or other devotees say pakka is actually just the Bengali pronunciation of pakwa, which means mature or which of course takes on other meanings in modern Indian languages. Anyway, bhajan, worshiping the lotus feet of Hari, a pakwa, but one is sort of, you know, it's like, let's say you're cooking rice and it's not cooked and you try to eat it, you have a very bad experience. And uh, same thing, bread, if you take the bread out of the oven too soon, it's gonna be one of your worst nightmares if you try to eat it. And especially if someone, you know, forces you like eat that. So uncooked, immature, not ready, and so on. So if one gives up one's dharma and is worshiping the lotus feet of Hari, even, and, and let's say if one should fall down because one was not mature, you were, really weren't ready yet, then yatra kwa va abhadrama bhuda mushakim. Then, in fact, where is the abhadra? Where is the evil there? Bhadra means good, auspicious. So abhadra is the opposite. What is inauspicious? What is bad there for that person? What evil really? What evil really happened to that person? And on the other hand, kovaarta, what value is attained? Literally, what value is attained? Abhajatam, the by those who are not worshiping the Lord. Swadharmataha. What value is achieved, what good is achieved by doing their worldly duties and not worshiping the Lord? Of course, someone may say that, well, uh, one may say, well, um, you know, like you sometimes hear what I say, I, I left a good job, 
because I wanted to do full-time service and now I didn't do so well and I can't get my job back. And so there are these stories. I dropped out of college. Now I'm just, I don't know, driving a bus when I could have been a doctor. So, um, and, and I understand that because although maternal life is temporary, it, it goes on long enough. I mean, if you live to an average age, be 70 or 80 years old, you know, you spend 40 or 50 years in, in a situation you don't like, that's, you know, you could say to Narda Mooney, well, in my life, that's the problem. But I think what we have to understand here is what Narda is saying is, first of all, you have to understand that Narda is speaking about a Vedic culture in which people had an incredible number of ritual duties uh, to their extended family and all kinds of rituals and demigods. So Narda is not saying drop out of college. Narda is not saying give up a good job. In fact, Prabhupada did not. He asked me to stay in college and he asked many people in good jobs to keep their jobs and help the movement. So that's not what Narda is talking about. You know, some of the, let's say, artificial renunciation we did when we were young and immature, and there were basically no mature adults in the Hare Krishna movement except Prabhupada, and he couldn't be everywhere at the same time. So Narda is here talking about an extremely ritualistic, entangling, all-consuming, all-absorbing culture, karmakanda culture. That's what he's saying, you know, you don't need that. So in terms of our practical life in Krishna consciousness, uh, you can be practical in this world, You can because obviously ISKCON desperately needs members who are successful in the world, who have resources, whether it's social prestige, money, uh, teaching positions, we desperately need successful people in the Hare Krishna movement. So this verse should not be taken as encouragement to uh, give up a position in which you could be very influential for Krishna consciousness so that you can uh, do something in a temple which actually has much less effect on the world. So that, of course, if you can, if you can, um, you know, serve directly in, let's say, in an ISKCON temple and do great service, that's a different story. Actually, there's one devotee, Danvantri Swami, who will be probably never forgive me for praising him publicly, but um, he was a dentist, a very successful dentist, young, good-looking dentist, married, beautiful wife and child. And he just, uh, he could not deny what was really inside of him. And, he, you know, he kept preaching and preaching. Eventually he took sannyas. And uh, he's done extraordinary service. He's done invaluable service, never looked back. And, and so there are cases where someone actually does give up a successful material career, but does extraordinary devotional service. So these are complex issues, and we really have to know a lot about a particular case. Uh, before we just start throwing mantras around and disrupting people's lives, we have to look very carefully. So um, I think I'll stop there. Uh, and uh, because there's always a special pleasure that comes to any Vaishnav upon discovering that the Bhagavatam class is going to be a short one. <laughs> just kidding. So... Um, I think I'll stop there for today. Tomorrow, uh, next Sunday, hopefully, we will all still be here. 
And we'll be doing uh, 1.5.18, very beautiful verse, uh, which again glorifies devotional service. Narda is, is reminding Vyasa, who knows these things, reminding Vyasa how glorious Krishna consciousness is, how the benefits, the rewards are just so far beyond anything that anyone could obtain otherwise. And it's so important to teach direct Krishna consciousness. So uh, we will get that tomorrow, uh, next Sunday, sorry. I guess I'm really eager. So we'll do that tomorrow. And thank you all for listening. Appreciate your taking your time. Glad we can share. Well, for me, it's Sunday morning. For some of you in other places, it's other times of the day. But thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Hope to see you next Sunday.